Hello everyone, and welcome to the Get Clean Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Sharad, and this is episode 14. In this episode, I will be interviewing Coach Jason Gusick. Coach Jason is the director of the Conjugate Tactical portion of the Conjugate Club through Westside Barbell. He owns his own gym in Indiana, and he also sells equipment for arsenal strength. Coach Jason Gusick is a uh, master strength coach through Westside Barbell, has been a coach for a very long time, is a veteran in the military, and you, as you can tell, he is experienced in this matter, and this is why he's the director of the Conjugate Club for the tactical portion, uh, running all things for the armed services, police, firefighter, and he also trains an, an MMA fighter. I hope you enjoy. Let's get clean. I think I think we got it to work, buddy. Oh, there we go, coach. <clears throat> can you hear me? I think we're good. Yeah, I got okay. you. Can you hear yeah, me? I can hear you. How's everything going? Oh, I can't complain, man. How about yourself? Not bad. Not bad. I don't have to get up too too early this morning, so I'm feeling good. The last two mornings, <laughs> it was like all day training, so this morning, I'm off, so I'm good. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Down, downtime is a good thing, man. <laughs> well, what about you? <clears throat> oh, I'm just sitting here tinkering around, man. Just just busy work on a Sunday, nothing major. <laughs> um. So uh, you, you served, right, Coach? Yeah, okay. I was well, in the so, Marines back in the oh, okay, day. Okay. Yeah, so it was my uh, my dad, my grandfather, a bunch, bunch of people. So uh, before we start, I just want to say thank you for your service, you know. I'm glad to have done it, but plenty of people did a hell of a lot more than I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, tell us who you are and what do you do for, for work? Mm-hmm. So I'm in <laughs> Chesterton, Indiana. <laughs> which I don't like to brag, no big deal. <laughs> but I work uh, full-time for Arsenal Strength, doing equipment sales down there uh, out of Knoxville. So I get to work remote, which I'm thankful for. Uh, then still create a lot of uh, content and educational work for Westside Barbell, which has led to uh, sort of launching the public version, for lack of a better term, of Conjugate Tactical. And then we still run our gym here, in Chesterton applied strength conditioning, which is kind of the, mm. the catalyst for all of this stuff. I think we've been doing that for 11 years and it just keeps leading to more and more stuff within the fitness industry. And that's pretty cool. So outside of that, there's, there's really not much time, much time for anything. Wait, else. So do, do you own that? Gym? That's about the workload. You're talking. Okay. 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 <clears throat> yes. Yeah. We, okay. Yeah. We opened in uh, May, okay. May of 09. We've owned it um, since. Uh, did you play any sports growing up? No, uh, no. <laughs> I tried baseball one year, and I was the uh, the designated uh, get beamed or try to bunt, <laughs> get your mandatory three innings that your parents paid for, and then became like the team scorekeeper. Mm. Basketball a couple of years in junior high, and that really there was more exciting things to do for a. a, a, a uh, how did you end up at Westside? <laughs> 
so that's that's kind of the the story that we always end up telling and i'm, I'm sure we've romanticized it over over the years but um, when we opened the gym my wife uh, her one of her lifelong best friends is a fellow named eddie who fights so um, when we had the gym going and we were an affiliate back in the day when we first opened she was you know she linked it up so come in and see if we could do something cool for his strength and conditioning because mm-hmm. he was fighting in the <clears throat> WEC back in the day. And that was the big, mm-hmm. big show for the little guys before Zufa absorbed it. And then uh, we just kept training and things were going really well. So we just kept working out and I uh, signed up for the, mm-hmm. the powerlifting coach seminar that they used to have out at the uh, gym in Ohio there. They used to do that one instead of sending folks on the road to teach it, we used <clears> to <throat> open the gym up to, handful of people that could sign up and go to it so that was our first experience there and then that led to getting really involved and learning Mm -hmm. the methods and reading and reading and reading for years on end and back then uh, from 09 to 2012 I had still uh, run the gym but in October of that same year 09 that we opened I took a position with the sheriff's department here in town so we were working oh, wow. full-time as a cop for about five years and then also growing the gym. But uh, from 2009 to 2012, we had just been training and trying to figure out our methods. We had turned in our affiliate, you know, really focused on the West Side stuff, just out of that's how, we wanted, that's how we wanted to train. No real plan. There was no nothing on the radar about living life like we are now. Uh, it just made a lot of sense to us. And it was what we were looking for more. And what were you doing before that? What we were currently doing. So we just went with it. Um, oh, okay. Uh, we were a CrossFit affiliate before then and had mixed in some different stuff. Like everybody does mm-hmm. mix in a little, little bit of your own flavor and all that kind of stuff. But it was cool because it was a chance to stay kind of mm-hmm. close to the military stuff because we were doing all that stuff back then. And uh, then right. just fork in the road, we just decided to go do our own thing, which is no big deal. There's no, I mean, I really don't think they care, but there's no bad blood between me and them. I'm thankful for the launch pad to figure out what it is we want to do now. But um, that being said, we're using the West Side methods and the conjugate system for strength conditioning and MMA back between 2009 and 2012. And apparently not a lot of people were doing that back then. And we were just at the fights one time. Uh, like I said, the UFC ended up absorbing the WEC. And that meant Eddie was uh, one of the guys in the bantamweight roster so everyone's just cutting weight and doing the normal routine for fight week and leaving the sauna and back then dana white used to do a behind the scenes video off of his iphone of just what's going on and one of those weird kind of uh situations that we were just leaving the sauna and eddie had a sweatshirt on one of the west side ones just because it's a cool sweatshirt and we had bought some back in the day and uh then uh, that apparently that got hit on Facebook and they had put out a message on Facebook uh, like, Hey, who's this? What's going on? Cause I, back then apparently they knew the few guys who mm. were using the West side methods for high levels of fighting. And we weren't, we weren't on that list. So they wanted to see what the hell we were doing. And uh, like, so thankfully after, you know, these guys get done cutting weight in the sauna, they stay in sweatsuits <laughs> or who knows if this whole thing would have unfolded the way it did. But um, so we reached out and I, I had maintained a rapport with a few of the guys, like I said, from that initial visit in 2009, uh, just going out as an attendee for one of the seminars. I had maintained a rapport with a couple of the guys in the office because they'd let me come out and train and for a day, ask some questions, pick up some <clears> equipment <throat> and drive it back to Indiana and all that stuff. So really just tried to stay kind of annoying enough, apparently, to 
to stay relevant to some degree. And then, uh, right, Tom does the Tom MMA. Brought Eddie and I out one day. Right. After, after... <clears throat> yes. Yep. So they had brought us out one day uh, shortly after that video to see what was going on and, and kind of put us through the grinder, you know, a bunch, bunch of questions, bunch of training, beat us up good and proper. And uh, that was kind of it. And then from there, <laughs> apparently we said more smart things than we did stupid things. And, you know, we did, we, we performed well enough <laughs> to, to kind of, you know, proof in the pudding kind of thing that we're doing it, the, not necessarily the right way, but right. we're not doing it wrong for lack of a better term. And uh, we just kept going with that. And then one thing led to another and, um, the decision was made to leave law enforcement after about five years and pursue the, the gym and the, the West side stuff and equipment and everything that we're doing now. It was, a uh, something's got to give. So we decided to turn in the, uh, the 20 something years of stable government employment uh-huh. for Did that, chaos was that, that long enough now. for you to get, um, the pension and everything from that? <clears throat> yeah, we got, we got vested in the pension and I, the guys that got me in, uh, three really good friends of mine, Scott and Phil, and a gentleman named Mark. Uh, we'd made like a, it wasn't a formal contract or anything, but it was right. like a gentleman's agreement that we'd give it five years. And because uh, they put their, you know, they put their necks on the line when they vouch for somebody. And uh, still had to pass all the tests and all that stuff, but still, you get, it never hurts to have yeah. three of the, the hard hitters right. in the department pulling for you for, during the hiring process. <clears throat> but we'd made a gentleman's agreement, to, sort of, to go give it at least five years because. Right. Everyone hates their job the first year because you're the new guy. And, uh, you know, so give it a fair assessment after a few years and, and see what we've got. And I said, I just got, got the chance to tell the administration what was going on. It, I'll ne- it was funny because I'll never forget it. We were on the uh, kind of the, the shit mm-hmm. under the stick for the crew that, that year. So we had like we had Dang. Thanksgiving. We were working Christmas oh, wow. Eve. We were working Christmas Day. So we had them all. And it's like, man, it, it takes four months just to get through the academy. Like, you can't give these guys two weeks' notice because everyone right. sets their vac- vacations at the beginning of the year. So they let me write out the year. So we gave like a three or four month notice versus two weeks, and uh, hopefully left in good standing. And you know, we maintain a great friendship with a bunch of the guys from there now. The our old SWAT team comes oh, wow. once a year to train during SWAT week and all that stuff. So that's pretty. It's pretty cool. So it was, you know, one of those same things like. No bad blood or anything. Fortunate right. for the and thankful for the experience. It's yeah, do you got to do your time. You got to do, you gotta your, just do your steer it in thing, another you know? direction and see what we can't got. get mad at somebody for that. Um, yeah, was, yeah, did you always have a focus on the tactical side of strength conditioning? Uh, not really. No, it was it was hmm. really just kind of a square peg, square hole. So doing all the educational stuff and and content creation and. And just training talk that we did all the years at Westside Barbell. Um, first year there, no one even knew I was a cop. <laughs> so the guys came up to visit one time, and they were they didn't want to park in front of the house because they wasn't sure whether it was a squad. Car. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, you're a cop? We didn't know that." It's like, "Yeah, my here is a strength coach and like a student. I don't know what. Like, I don't care. Can't really blend the two worlds together all the time." But more and more questions were coming up, just as as these industries of you know military and police, first responder, all that stuff have you know shifted gears into the the, the focus mm-hmm. on wellness and longevity just like any other institution in the industry right. we, we get pinged a lot for questions back then and it was like well we've got a guy I, mean, I wasn't like a you know commando or anything cool in the marines i was an artilleryman who fell back asswards into the wild west <laughs> when we went overseas it was awesome um but you know i had some checks in the box that at least we could be the doubting thomas to some degree of like yeah when the military had some law enforcement background and uh, we were able to field the questions and put together an organization of the system <clears throat> that sort of fit the demand for the uh, 
the version of the, the methods that we were doing. Give me one second. I'm sorry. My son's in the background making a bunch of noise. No problem. Go to, go to a quieter room here. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's so playing with a the, truck uh, or something. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, he's got a full of marbles. <clears throat> or crazy. Um, no but we, we'd put that together. My apologies for that. And uh, it became, you know, it became a thing. Again, we're not, we're not doing the, I know it's very popular now to take, oh, take God, rebrand that. and charge a premium for it. And all, I read all, I read all the books and all the eBooks and all that crap, but we're not, you know, we're not doing anything different. We've just mm-hmm. structured the methods, the proven methods that right. work across every sport and demographic into a, a system or an organization of training right, that right. just fits this demographic, you know, and our, our thing is a high level of readiness and a capable body with a base of maximal strength and, then we condition appropriately the the physical demands of you know right. a 19 year old kid in afghanistan versus a 50 year old man or woman who's going to retire from law right. enforcement soon are night and day different but <clears throat> if you can figure out the methods for what's needed then it's a tremendous right. system to organize training through and that's all we've done and then that led to some good um inter- and the demand keeps growing for the services of strength coaches that can apply the system well and professionally, you know, like we. You're breaking up a little bit. Institution coach. out there. <clears throat> folks that, um, you know, kind of like the, the message that we. Uh, I'm sorry. Is that better? I can hear you now. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. Can you hear me now? You still okay? Yeah, okay, awesome. Yeah, so we just uh, put together our particular version of the methods, and uh, Lou and Tom and everyone punched a bunch of holes in it and kept making us refine it more and more and more until we got it to what it is. And because the demand for this training keeps right. growing, we've built the the coach's course and everything out there. So we're definitely not trying to force anything down anybody's throat that doesn't want it. Um, we're just we're addressing the the same demand we always talk about in training. We're we're addressing demand for the services or the how, how did you become the director? Method, but none of this was planned in any way, shape or form. <laughs> it's definitely exciting to see it unfold. Right. Uh, that was like I was saying, we got uh, the demand to keep growing this and cr- turn it mm-hmm. into a thing versus just doing the, the seminars and coaching <laughs> privately for different uh, federal and military groups. Uh, myself, you know, versus just doing that, we needed to create something that addressed the ability to continue right. to fulfill the demand for yeah. all the, the work out there because I'm one person. I can't travel all over the country, nor do I really, really want to. Um, but there's, you know, there's great strength coaches all over the, all over the country and all over the world, obviously. But um, if we can hand out some information and let them work locally and then our web is not huge, you know, um, stay in touch and everyone continues to sharpen each other up. It's a, it's a great little decentralized way we're able to do things. So we can, we can give the uh, information that we've put together and have tested as a means of being effective. We can give this information to coaches and let them go out there, put their spin on it and do their own local work as they see fit. Right. So that's kind of how the whole thing um, developed and what jobs managing it and organizing it. So we don't let it slip into something that we don't want it to be is the biggest part of it. Yeah. Like, um, like, because I know that you guys do a lot of MA and that I know you guys do a lot of armed uh, services. Like what, when, when which ones exactly um, all are underneath or what you try to get people to be able to coach? 
like is it just police and, and army or marines like what oh <clears throat> uh, it's well, that's that's where like the, the coach's course it, we introduce the basics and uh, a great what i what i hope is a great application of the methods and the origins definitions all the tools and pieces to be able to build out that coach's individual plan so for us like a group up in canada uh, tony and his wife danny and their team at the garage gym they're both former law enforcement they have a couple of firemen that work out there uh, casey and another gentleman and they've organized their stuff to address first responders in their area as well as the general population of their gyms. So they can use our, like we, we took the original methods mm-hmm. and sort of refined them and built a system that works at, as a sort of an HQ oh, okay. thing. Uh, each of our coaches can put their own thing. So really we're, we're not targeting any certain demographic branch or anything. We just want to help coaches um, that do want to work in this space, whichever way they want to take it, they should have the tools when they leave the, uh, the course, they should have the tools to build up their programming. So if they do want to specialize in like boot camp prep or uh, one of our guys, well, he's, I mean, he's his own individual, obviously, but one of the folks that we're fortunate to work with, a, a buddy of mine named Tony Morrow up in Wisconsin, he worked for years at Navy Special Warfare after being a, leaving the Marine Corps a recon guy. He worked as a strength conditioning coach for Navy Special Warfare, getting kids ready for BUDS. Um, so that's a very specialized population that you can use mm-hmm. some of this information to, to tackle. A lot of our folks work in firehouses, Ian Cruz in Iowa works direct with fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but really th- for us at HQ, like I've got my, my groups and team that I work for privately along with a couple other subcontractors, if you want to call it that. So we do our thing. And then really our job, last thing I want to do is create coaches and then try to get behind them and, and take their work. And, you know, I don't want to work with San Diego. I'd love to work with San Diego fire. Don't get me wrong, but we've got folks on the ground in California <clears throat> that can do such a better job than I could remotely that um, my main focus or our main focus is to ensure that if we're handing out stuff as educators, um, that when we turn these guys and gals loose after the mm-hmm. seminar, they have the pieces in place to, to aim at the demographics they want to work with or the demographics that they are currently working with. So they can specialize it a bit more. So right. like one of our biggest ones is firemen uh, working in the firehouse. They're going to do a lot more overhead because of their profession versus bench press where, you know, if we've got guys who need to build a strong torso, we just want to build mm. an all purpose strong body. We can use bench and squat, but that's where, that's where we try not to be all things for all people. Our basic program we have in the conjugate club, that'll give you a high level of GPP and a, and a base and maximal strength. And uh, that's the la- that's the launch pad. If you right. need to specialize in something, like I I can't create you. I've never been to buds. I can't create you a program to get ready for it. Where <clears> a <throat> coach who specializes in that can do a much superior job. Um, my, like I said, what my is, job is without you know it's probably more like a fifteen minute answer. Can, but what is like some general differences the in the training program between the police, fire, fire, army? Mm. Right. right. Uh, so like military, a, lot right. of, a military mainly is balancing administrative training with actual functional or, or professional <laughs> right. training. So we could turn these guys into, right. uh, let, let's just we could turn every damn one of them into Jason Bourne when it's time to, you know, go through doors or mm. work the street. 
But if we can't, if we right. screw them over where they can't pass their physical fitness test or their PT test, right. so now they get administratively separated from the service, um, we have definitely, you know, we've definitely shot ourselves in the foot as coaches. Yeah. So part of the military, especially, is balancing out the administrative needs of, you know, a three mile run or a two mile run, right. you know, pull up in requirements. We can't let that suffer for the sake of going you know down the rabbit hole of maximal strength but we can definitely drive all those different numbers up with a balance of training and a focus on maximal <clears> strength whereas <throat> you know a police department or a fire department you've got a little bit more autonomy with with your free time and your training than you know 19 20 year old kids do in the service so for them like going to police we've got a lot of injury prevention and prehab just because of the demands of the job and not everything is fighting and shooting guns and stuff like that just the simple wear and tear of getting out of a squad car is going to destroy a left hip two mm. great friends of mine jim and phil have both had hip work done and their phil's barely 50 jim's late 40 what is the dip why is um, why is so that, that left leg never, is going to get worn out so the squad to offset that or the chronic like, back it, uh... pain the, you know oh so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Well, it's, it's the silliest thing in the world. When I, when I became a cop, it was 09. So I was 26 when I became a cop. And at 26, <laughs> even my four or five years there, like right. I was hard, you're hard pressed to get me to believe that getting in and out of a oh, car wow. and swinging your foot out of there because you got stuff all over your belt, that that motion is going to wear a human being's hip socket out so much that there's going to be a, <laughs> a definitive imbalance until I hit my mid and late thirties. And I'm like, Oh shit, this, like, this really is a thing. So I'm not saying we can stop all bad from happening, but, you know, again, to draw back from just some of our experience and being the doubting Thomas with some of this. Do stuff, you do a lot of ATP. Uh, we're able to, to bring our hip and everything back online <laughs> with some special exercises yeah, yeah, and reverse yeah. hypers and whatnot. Great. <laughs> so that's, oh, constantly. Yeah. We're, we're, even if we're just standing there and just tractioning the low back, but walking in the ATP and building strength, all that stuff starts to play in. So that's in there. And then a lot of stuff like, I mean, I only ever gotten uh, one, one, I never had to shoot, but I've only (laughs) been shot at close as a cop one time and then maybe a second time, but I really don't know what the dude was aiming at. If anything, I think he was just jumped up a bit. Um, But I can tell you that I've drugged probably two or 300 deer off the Mm -hmm. highway. So, you know, we're not always talking about like doomsday worst case scenario, which is definitely, you have to be mindful of that. Otherwise you're, we don't want to be the ostrich with your head in the sand by any means, mm-hmm. but creating, you know, flexible, but strong shoulders, a low back that might not be as prone to injury. Um, all that kind of stuff goes into law enforcement. And then again, outside of being invited to a couple of firehouses for mm-hmm. a dinner and a hangout session, um, I really don't know anything. About I know that that's the guy with the, uh, uh, handle. Does he have a handlebar or something like that? I do. Earlier, Eddie that fights, he's also a full-time fireman. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got he got real big into old time boxing and grew a mustache out. And <laughs> but yeah, so um, we draw from his experience the firehouse, and a lot of that is time management, staying active and loose, right? Um, but not being you know immediate training. Like we can't be so beat up from doing a ton and ton of work that you can't answer the tone when it goes off. So we've we've got a lot of really intelligent really experienced people putting stuff together for us but not everything has to be drastically different like i could have a person a guy or gal from each one of these professions in the same one hour workout and make it work i mean 80 20 rule with everything 80 percent of the stuff is probably organic to anybody in the professions uh 20 is going to specialize based off of 
you know, police, fire, military, what your actual MOS is, where you're deploying, all that kind of stuff. That And that's where we try to give the, uh, the thought process and tools to the coaches to be able to work with that. Because if we've got, a, again, another guy down in Texas, uh, Henry, we call him Mac, he works exclusively with the fire department, so he knows <clears throat> the individuals, the wow. muscular imbalances, previous injuries. <clears throat> Uh, everything from the temper, the average temperature throughout the year, who's doing what on the trucks, the trucks. So that's where that's where I would much rather help. And help's not the right word, but I would much rather work for coaches and help them go out there and do the work than try to jet everywhere and create too much of a presence and you know the magic elixir just add waters so that fixes everything. Really don't want to do that, but we can we can offer a good basic program that'll probably tackle that eighty percent we talked about. And with, with a little bit of self-education or coaching, someone out there, and hopefully they're one of us, but someone out there can get you that last 20% to make you a little bit ahead of the power curve in whatever your actual profession is. Because even then, like we talk about cop stuff, a fellow working downtown New York, you know, in, in Manhattan <laughs> or something, especially now, he, right. he or she's going to be going through so much more than you know, our, our weird little County in Northwest Indiana. So a lot goes into that kind of stuff. And I think, I really think the best coaches for whatever my opinion's worth can address all of those little variables and put together a great plan versus, you know, I, I just, I don't know enough about Idaho to go up there and teach Idaho firemen how to be just, um, what is training like for the armed services on tour versus something to help that pro. Uh, so if you're if you're deployed or downrange, uh, I mean most of it. I really don't watch the news or anything, but there's still some, some folks over in the Middle East working, obviously. Um, but like if if you're deployed and actually like I was over there oh five to oh six, like Halloween to Halloween roughly. Um, but main thing is readiness. Like you're there to work. So uh, if you're a football player, you have your competitive right. season in which your weight room time is going to be much different than it is off season, where you're getting everything ready for the next season. So if they're deployed, the last thing we want to do is be so dialed in on the weight room. And mind you, we're a strength <laughs> conditioning company, uh, and I'm telling you that the gym is not everything. So again, we are we do not have the most exciting message in the industry. But we don't. It's just like being a fireman too. Like we don't want these guys and gals thrashed where they can't operate and do their jobs, or be operational and do their jobs. So that's when you're training. You're not necessarily in maintenance mode because you always want to make forward progress. But for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. if you're gone overseas doing stuff, uh, you're in maintenance mode, keeping your fitness, at least trying to prevent it from regressing versus going completely hardcore at training because you're going to have some real, you know, real world work as soon as you walk out of the gate. And we can't let the immediate demand right. profession be outdone by training in the weight room or doing anything silly. If you blow a knee out, trying to squat too much when you're already fatigued because you're going to be tired and, de- and depleted and dehydrated to some degree, not properly fed the entire time you're gone. You're definitely in suboptimal mm-hmm. conditions. Um, so we're not going to push it full bore as if you were stateside with a chow hall that you could eat all the food you want, you know? So that, that's a big part of it. And, and then understanding the, the particular theater you're working in, if you're in mm-hmm. the mountains, you're probably going to have a lot more, just you know same pace endurance to some degree than if you're working in cities and you're bounding building to building to building hours and hours a day um, just two different energy systems just like sprinters and marathon runners um, 
potentially both groups would have to do the other job long and long and sustained versus short bursts at any given time those two roles can switch but with a little bit of you know just get a damn whiteboard out and and list up some bullet points of what you're getting into and you can create a pretty good list of demand and then you work on building the capacities behind that so you don't fail at the mission at least the physical capacities i again we one of the things we give in the private lectures is that you know we're a slice of the pie we're not the entire dessert so the last thing I, we, we're not going to start getting into like defensive tactics or physical tactics shooting any of that crazy stuff like that each one of those little slices of the pie needs their own professional their own subject matter experts and stuff like that so all we want to do is make bodies a little bit more adaptable and a little bit more ready to all the other skills these guys and gals have to learn and stay in our lane so outside of outside of that that's where our kind of our threshold stops is once once we're done with the the strength conditioning portion of the day the next the next subject matter expert takes over and hopefully we can do some good by guiding training how do you uh prepare them for the different tests for basic training you know the 24-hour period that is a day oh right okay so you're handing that off uh personally i don't um yeah i i don't yeah, I don't I don't do any real prep work. We've had a couple of kids come to the gym over the years locally to get ready. Right. But boot camp and stuff like that is is very general. And I haven't been it's been over 19 years since I went to boot camp. So right. it's definitely a hell of a lot different. We're not making light of it because for a young man or woman going to the service, this is the biggest evolution of their life. So definitely a series of stressors they, they're walking into the unknown about. But it's 2020. So there's a hell of a lot of data out there on what you're getting into, but rather than like a, a magic prescription for pull-ups or push-ups, we just use the same <clears> process, <throat> identify demand, and then use our knowledge of strength conditioning to increase capacity. I mean, it's, it's not as simple as that in execution, but the theory is that's it. That's the two part system we do across the board and then try to make sure we know our role. Um, I said, someone comes here wanting to go to buds. The first thing, not necessarily here in Indiana, but, <laughs> The, one of the biggest questions we get is like, will this program work for buds prep? And the answer is no, it's a small part of the equation. It's a small part of the equation probably, but there's hundreds, if not thousands of guys out there that have been through that, that evolution of training <clears throat> that I, we just recommend go find someone that passed, learn what they did, find someone that failed and learn what they did and, and you know, figure out what you need to be doing. But, uh, outside of that like that's that's the extent of being involved in and that's just an example but uh, we don't to specialize in something that's where that's where you need a true pro that mm. can monitor progress versus just following a blanket plan there's plenty <laughs> of 29.99 a month prep programs out there the world doesn't the world doesn't need more of them especially when i know there's there's already great ones like there's a bunch of really really strong men and women out there who are really intelligent they can get you ready oh, for okay. these things that's just not a particular <laughs> work that we do some of our coaches definitely do some prep work for police academy boot camp but outside outside of uh you know identifying demand and using our knowledge of strength conditioning to increase capacity that's that's the system across any your, um, your coaches that, that you use. said that do handle and the, uh, the coach's own the coach's own skill academy um, effective do you right? have uh have you had some really crazy uh high numbers like how much they pass like above those mm-hmm. basic requirements for like the mile run and stuff like that. <clears throat> I, 
Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's some great, uh, great information out there that some of them have done. But when I say our coaches, we don't have like a training okay, okay. cadre that r- travels state to state. These are the folks that mm-hmm. have been through the coaches course program that we do. So we've done, we've done mm-hmm. two, our third one's actually next weekend and their, their success in numbers is it's all entirely their doing. Um, it's not, it's definitely not us at, for, for lack of a better term, again, conjugate tactical HQ, like. I would right. put you in contact with the guys and gals doing the actual <laughs> right. work for these young men and women and let them explain their own successes versus t- trying to take credit for what they've done because they're doing awesome work. But <clears throat> folks out there, we've got a gal in Pennsylvania who's been through and she's pumping out great work into the law enforcement community there and all, all that stuff. So even, even then that own success that they're doing in their yeah. numbers, um, it's a, it's a, totality of all of their knowledge not just the stuff we told them so it's hard for us to say like oh if you you have to do 40 push-ups we can get you 80 because i can't guarantee we can do that you know proper organization of training by myself or a coach coupled with the right work ethic by the people or what's going to get you numbers um listen we definitely have the least exciting message for this stuff in the industry (laughs) we just try to be very very realistic about what's going on because the severity of bad work in these professions is you know it's there so we can't let novelty and and theatrics get in the way of trying to really educate and help uh the men and women working in the first responder fields Um, or the military for your coaches course is that is that through the context kind of our our quiet little learning or is it you have to come to your gym and then learn how how does that work because i'm not i'm on the basic one like the regular part of the conjugate code that i believe that's louis one so so, so right now, mm-hmm. yeah, so we only do the, right now, we only do the certificate once a right. year in, in person. We have it here at the gym in Chesterton. Then COVID rolled around and threw a big old wrench in the gears. But, um, so we do a weekend course, get everyone through that, explain the basics. And mm-hmm. we pretty much do most of our distance training. We do have the basic program, like you mentioned, and I mentioned too, in the conjugate club. So all of our educational stuff falls under the banner of Westside Barbell, right where, right where it should be. Like I said, we always make the joke that anything we do right is because of what we've learned from Westside Barbell and anything we do wrong is that's on us for, for, for delivering a bad message. So that's how that works. But, um, we've never, we haven't really had to promote or recruit the, uh, seminar very hard because it's been mm-hmm. sold out uh the first one we did sold out and then the limited one we did in may because of the social distancing uh, that one was full before we had it uh posted because of the advance notice emails that we do and the same for this mm-hmm. this part two of the 2020 seminar part two that we're doing next weekend sold out uh based off the wait list <clears throat> so going too much larger than that um, at this at this state in the game, going too much faster than that is kind of irresponsible. So we we're really not going too aggressive with it, and it's also out of fairness to the folks that are good enough to come to it. Um, I don't want to try and pump out thirty or forty coaches a week and saturate the market. Versus, you know, if folks are investing their time and money with us to come to the course, um, we're grateful for that, and we're not going to send you know too many people out there. Go out there and get your work and do your thing because that's what coaching is, is you're, you're working. Like it's great to have the education and the information in your brain, but you're going to go out there and work. Uh, 
almost every single, not to say every single person, but a tremendous amount of people that come to these courses also can benefit when, when we need a, either a letter of recommendation or we're a reference on an interview mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to shoot any of these people mm-hmm. in the foot by pumping out too many folks at once and, and anything like that. So we're just crawl, walk, run. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm also a full-time employee for Arsenal strength and uh, I've got my gym to run and stuff too. So I'd rather do a little bit right. of what I hope <laughs> is quality work than just go out there and go as fast as I can build everybody for every little thing. And then disappear. <clears throat> in a year and you know, um what are like too the many good qualifications that you have to have before you be short-sighted take the certification. Up, you know what i mean so we recommend mm-hmm. uh, definitely at least a basic understanding of the west side methods and the conjugate system having a certificate mm-hmm. or um, some sort of certification from any institution out there helps us know who's coming to the course. So when we, when we start it, it's important that we know the demographic we're working with. Um, so we'll do a little quick you know, introduction of everybody. But if we've got a course that is predominantly for military, like when we do a private for the Marines at the 8th and I barracks in D.C., we know, we know the demographic we're working with and uh, the, not necessarily prereqs by any means. But we need to know just as much about what we're working for as the folks coming in need to know about the information they're going to take mm-hmm. away. So we try to, to, instru- to instill a degree of understanding in the West side methods. Some sort of certificate right. only helps us know that we're dealing with a lot of coaches and dealing with not the right way to say, but we're going to be working for a lot of coaches versus a lot of end users and all that stuff. But the last thing we want to do is create some unfair level of exclusivity or some an attrition rate that, you know, I, I'm I'm not an egomaniac. I, I don't want to be one of these people who have a 90%, 95% attrition rate on a test. We want to help people get stronger and better. So outside of a outside of a basic understanding of the conjugate system and the West Side methods, I truly feel confident we can get all of our attendees up to snuff in a weekend. And then again, not by design, but for the most part, everybody from every course stays in pretty good contact with one another. <laughs> Um, we have a small, you know, private Instagram group where everyone can network and speak to one another. I've lost a password, so I locked myself out of it. But I, I think, I think everybody's, I think everybody's uh, still communicating quite well on there. And if not there, then just in text. I mean, I talk to the same forty or fifty people at least once every other week since last year when we started this thing. And uh, I mean, that that's what we're looking for, really, as a as a someone who's there to learn. Right more so than I, I never understand people that, out until we have yeah. 1% of 1% that, that um, quote unquote uh, deserve to come see how us. How often are you that's having, not, that's not the kind of, the that's courses not the kind now, of and if be. so, are they online and like <laughs> how, when, when, when can somebody sign up for it or, or try to apply? <clears throat> right. Um, so we do mm-hmm. the coaches course, like I said, it's an annual thing, but then we have to split it because of the COVID um, stuff that went on this year, obviously. So this year we're doing 20-02 and 20-03. Um, for next year, we have the intention of doing one coaches course. So 2104, uh, when we have the date and everything scheduled, <coughs> then we'll, we'll usually announce it on social media and the conjugate club. And beyond that, without, again, without trying to sound like an egomaniac or anything like that, um, we haven't really done much outside of announcing it 
and having oh, wow. a, an, an early email list or like an early notice um, to sell it because we cap it at 30 individuals. Um, so it, <laughs> so we, we got people, you never would have made me understand how important an hour a day is until I got as busy as I am now and then have a son and a business and everything else. So we've got folks that are traveling from Canada, California, Texas, Florida, you name it, they're coming to this. And the last thing I want is a room full of 70 or 80 people that are completely underwhelmed. And I mean, I know we can't make everyone happy, but um, if I don't want 70 mm-hmm. or 80 people underwhelmed with inability to handle the, the number of questions coming in during a weekend seminar. I would rather have a small manageable group do what we can to work for them and empower them or, or assist them with whatever current work they're doing locally. Um, and our sweet spot is 30 uh, outside of that. I don't know if I can manage a group of 35 or a group of 40. So I would rather play it safe, continue to deliver the message we're delivering to 30 or less. So this year we had, we have two groups of 15 to 20 because of the, the quarantine stuff that went on and to answer your question quickly um, versus the long-winded version, uh, when we get 21-04 ready, we'll figure out how we announce that one then and make sure that anyone wants to come can. And then if demand is growing more and more for 21-05 or something like that, we'll figure that out then. But right now, one coach's course a year allows us to deliver the best experience we can because we feed everybody, try and provide as much as we can to make that experience right. good because of the, like I said, the, the, the amount of time and money it takes to travel across the country and you're away from your family or your businesses. Um, I don't want to underwhelm that group. And I also don't want to lose the personal touch. I, I say I, but we don't want to lose the personal touch of the weekend seminar. Like that's 07, 08. That was some of the best weekends of my life is traveling the country, going to weekend workshops. So I don't know if we'll have the ability to be the best weekend anyone's ever had, but hopefully it's a great weekend for whoever comes to it. And uh, when we get the chance to continue to grow <laughs> right. uh, the demand to go ahead to Europe is already there. Uh, we just don't have the ability to get there because of travel restrictions. So we, we've talked about doing an online format for international, but we're creating more <clears throat> educational experiences and again, full on relying on the coaches we've helped create or added mm-hmm. value to, uh, to do our one day workshop. So last year we, we ran a one day workshop <clears throat> up in Wisconsin uh, to give kind of a cliff's notes or a condensed version of this just as soon as we got our stuff together on that the world shut down for i'm sorry early this year not last year pardon me um early this year we ran it uh as soon as we got the the plan together the world shut down for quarantine so that went on the back burner and once this once this uh Mm. stuff loosens up because i definitely don't want anyone jammed in a room with people that doesn't feel comfortable about it um third quarter 2020 when the history books are written this is not the time to get aggressive and force too many people to have to travel. So we're working, we're working on refining the one day format for these one day workshops and allowing our coaches to hopefully gain some more experience by assisting and in, in leading those as we you know piggyback in their own physical location gyms. So those will hopefully be turned on fourth quarter or first quarter next year. And then we've late, lately we've been working on, uh, Short, shorter version because of the appeal of digital training for a lot right. of folks and just remote work is so much more common now than it was even six months ago um, that if we want to create some sort of educational experience even if it's a one subject one subject class 
um, working on that format, but that's all contingent on us getting the website finally done because right now it's a placeholder. So all that stuff's on deck, um, but just like the rest of the world, like people need to take care of their families and friends and businesses first before we start pumping out too darn much. But we're not, we can't let this thing, we don't want to let the, the one weekend a year experience, we don't want to let that go to 24 seven uh, digital, just sign up stuff yet. If we can, if we can find a way to, right, to yeah. deliver the seminar in digital format, and feel that it's not suffering in any way, shape or form, then we absolutely will. But so much of the seminar is, you know, a dozen or a couple of dozen people from all over the country or even in Canada um, coming into a group or a room, meeting one another and, and seeing that the demogra- what the demographics look like, learn experience. Cause you'll see, you know, we had a 50 something rugby player. A gentleman who's just starting at me like bar hitting the weight room and now they stay in touch so we don't want to turn off the uh the touch of having a weekend seminar turn that off just for the sake of convenience by going online so if we basically if we can get our shit together and go online we will until then we've got a uh, weekend seminar is the long-term plan for this so when we when we go back to announcing a lot of this stuff um, we'll have the one days which will be hopefully quarterly and the annual coaches course, which would obviously take place once a year. And then our plan for digital um, is so, um, but the uh, to sign up for that classes list, versus you, is an it entirely your website or your, do you send a message to your Instagram? Like how, how do you, uh, no, the, the website is, yeah, the website is, uh, that's mm-hmm. our, that website was only ever designed to be, a. Mm-hmm. Uh, communication platform for the groups that wanted us to come work private for them uh, <laughs> before we launched the whole coaching course thing. So one day we'll get the website up and running. That's the, that's the plan someday. <laughs> so we're a little bit uh, working backwards here, but we, we usually use our Instagram and uh, the conjugate tactical is not across. I know the rule is you have to be on every platform and the same screen name, the same handle, the same picture. I know all the, the rules, but we're just not doing it. So we use Instagram as our uh, primary means of communication. And then we have our email list um, that obviously we need to update that because I haven't really sent out a mass email in quite some time. But um, that's really our thing. And then our coaches, a few of them that own gyms and stuff like that, a majority of our course this time is coming from our previous courses and those coaches wanting to send staff or departments who have a strength coach that's either worked with us heard of us agrees with what we're doing so they're sending a representative so really we've got a, a perfect balance of demand and availability so the, the demand for the work is there and our ability you know just essentially time management is in place to handle the exact workload we have right now and when we when we find what the world's going to look like after all this stuff is done we'll get a long-term plan together then but right now immediate concern is making sure that we take care of the next round of coaches next weekend and then we'll get back to the drawing board with the um, team of do you train of, uh, the folks women that we do all our private work with and, and stuff <clears throat> like that and figure out our big picture plan right uh not necessarily i mean there's <laughs> there's some drastically different demands as far as strength goes um right. by and large and in no way am i sexist right. but a lot of our gals need to build a little bit more maximal strength compared to what they've done in the past 
based off the professions. Like we've got some seriously strong gals in the gym here in Indiana, and we all know the powerhouses in the world of strength, especially female strength sports. Um, but for training, like again, this right. population, we default to if I have to do 30 push-ups, I should train to do 30 push-ups versus developing my one rep max pressing power and then allowing the different types of special strengths to sharpen one another up. So as far as training men and women differently, um, I would say <laughs> the bedside manner might be a bit different, but the gals I work with personally in our gym here in Indiana, they're a little bit tougher than I am. So they're usually the ones letting me have it verbally, but um, usually that, that's, that's predominantly it. The, the women that we are fortunate enough to work with, usually we can build them up a little bit better if we focus on their maximal strength. And then the guys, myself included, if we can take a page out of the gals playbook and lean on them for some of their, their flexibility and mobility, right. that's a large part that usually the, the gap between the two sexes starts to show up is a lot of guys are a bit more rigid, a little less mobile. The gals could use a little bit more maximal strength, um, but they can outbend what is your every one of us. Main so focus we can, we can draw some strengths from both groups and, and try to be mutually supportive. um again it's a real real small demographic if if i'm not friends with the fellows and a couple of gals that fight that come to the gym then we we just don't work with them we can add value to the the coaches that do but i've never right. had the ambition to be a hundred thousand you know online client things there's nothing wrong with it that's just not the work i've wanted to do um we've been fortunate enough that wait, we've helped build one guy into uh, UFC title contender. A few of my friends fought locally, both as amateurs and made it basically to the top end of what the, the term is now regional circuit, made it to the top end before moving on to either, you know, sort of ending their fighting or dialing it back to focus on career and family. A uh, gentleman who's moved uh, out of state to focus on his own training, he's in bare knuckle now. Uh, one of our gals in the gym, She's an amateur fighter, just turned 18, and she's got two under her belt. Right. So if we, if we train fighters, <clears throat> someone we can do the work with personally, you know, in the gym, or we're, we're all <laughs> like, The last thing I want to do is, as crappy as it might sound to say out loud, I don't want to help any other UFC <laughs> weights until my best friend yeah, it's a one-on-one sport, right? until so. he's retired from the UFC. <laughs> like, I don't want to do something that's going to work against that guy, you know what I mean? And the same to be said for all of our other friends, like, you're... <laughs> Yeah, the Chicago Chicago land, Northwest Indiana world of MMA is, is pretty tight knit. And again, I'm not a fighter. I'm just fortunate enough to be right in the middle of it and and hopefully not piss off too many people. But um, you know, it's very small in the grand scheme of things. And I don't want to work with folks that can potentially fight my legitimate close friends that I've known for a decade. You know, so we've been. I I like the level of work we've been able to do in that space. And uh, going outside of it, there's so many smart people that are doing the big picture training for the sport itself that I, I, I listen to them and the words and the podcasts and the information and articles they put out. I read and study all that stuff just like anybody else. Um, I think they're doing what a do great you job. Have, uh, like, I don't, well, I would I don't see any reason to, your, to try and take away from that. that fights. What, do they do, what does he do for conditioning? <clears throat> Uh, outside of fight time, so roughly six to eight weeks out from a fight, we will know a little bit more. So about six to eight weeks out, he'll get a date. <clears throat> As with most of our, our other fighters, a lot of them, have, like I said, moved on. So we've got a couple left in the gym. 
Um, but we'll get a date on the calendar of when right. they're probably going to compete. And we start transitioning from outside of fight time because camp can't last forever. You cannot be razor sharp 365 days a year. Mentally, you might be there. And that's probably a good thing. But physically, we can right. only get you in fight shape for a couple of weeks at a time. And if we do it right, we get you the best you can be on fight night. And that's it. So six to eight, six to eight weeks out, uh, start transitioning from outside of fight time in which they train just like any other athlete in the gym. That's essentially what a majority of the conjugate tactical basic program is stemmed from. So we're, we're building maximal strength and explosive power. That's, that's our time to work and build and maintain conditioning because these ladies and these men and women are also right. going through their practices, their sparring sessions and technique work. So that's plenty of, of heavy breathing outside of fight time. So we can focus on strength and recovery as we get inside that six to eight week bubble an opponent has identified um, venue, all that stuff becomes more known. So the actual coaches for, if we use Eddie for an example, Mark and Bob, Mark being the head coach and mm. jiu-jitsu guy, Bob being the striking coach. And uh, I mean, probably also head coach. Those are the two guys that handle all the <clears throat> technical side of training. We get in communication and they, they teach me a little bit about the athletic side of the game plan and what the opponent looks like. <laughs> again, I'm a strength coach. I've been in a couple of fist fights. Some of them, most of the time it was just me being a smart ass Marine getting beat up in Hawaii. But um, what's it called? Those are the experts and the pros. And again, I, I work for them who ultimately works for Eddie. It's just coincidental that he and I had become best friends uh, over the years. So they get the game plan together and we try to use our same process, identify demand and identify the special strengths that are going to go to increasing capacities. We build that out and start getting the, the circuits and the conditioning work for the fights ready. And then we just, we continue to train three to four times a week in the weight room for roughly 15 to 20 minute workouts specifically to get ready for the fight on the calendar. And when that's done, we go right back to the, the cycle of training that any other athlete would. Um, you know, football player finishes football for the season. He's in the right. he's got his recovery period. He's in the weight room, getting sharpened up for the next season. That season, you know, oh, football don't worry, I'm not either. What, like ten or twelve <laughs> weeks or something like that. Um, I don't want. I'm not much of a, a football fan. I'm sorry, um, mm. but <laughs> you know, right. in, instead of that, we have we have an athlete who has the same. You know, a different flavor of, but the same physical <laughs> demands as a football right. player would be. However, he or she has a season that lasts 15 minutes once a night for for probably a, at least a quarter or six months or even annually. So then we just we revert right back to the same cycle of training any other athlete would. We're, we're fortunate that our small little uh, coaching staff that works for the guys and gals outside of the, the gym here, or in the gym here, excuse me, even and outside in some capacity, um, we, we've got great communication. There's no real ego or anything like that that gets into a yelling match. Like last thing we want to try to do is, is build a, a brand or something off of an athlete that we're working for to try and get, you know, famous off of his or her work. It, so I was going to ask, is it hard getting their skill so coaches we, to buy into the weight training? But it sounds like you have a good a very small with them. You, know. you guys work as a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for us personally, again, I'm speaking as myself, not any, uh, you know, any other person involved in this crazy little world. Hmm. But for us, it's something we took for granted for five or six, even seven years, <clears throat> because we, we just have a good working relationship, all of us, you know, like, it doesn't hurt that the day I met Mark, who's the head coach and, you know, 
the main jujitsu coach. He owns a Newbreed <laughs> Academy up in Chicago. Uh, the day I met him, he had, I was still a cop and he had just gotten pulled over for an expired license plate. So he came in and wanted all the cops in the room to raise their hand and he just beat us all up until he felt better. So like for us, it's, it's, we've got a pretty good uh, working relationship in that like it, there's a pecking order. Like Bob and I, Bob and I, every time we go to a fight for over 10 years now, we fight each other in the little crevice between the hotel bed and the wall and whoever wins gets to sleep in the bed the other person sleeps on the couch like so we we're fortunate from speaking with other groups out there and institutions we we have never really had uh, an issue getting training to gel because we communicate and we've all become really close friends over the years too so that doesn't hurt but we've we've never really branched out into trying to be all things for all people so can't be the best strength conditioning coach in mma the best quote unquote tactical strength conditioning coach, the best educator, the best this. Like we've got our own little lane and I guess selfishly we've tried to stick to our guns with what we're trying to do. And for lack for, um, do you for have better your or worse, fighters it's, it's jump going the way we want it to arm go, service so people jump. Yeah. Deviating okay. too hard What's, what plan. type of jumping do you Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone right. everyone jumps. So the, the, the variety of jumps are, are essentially right. in the beginning. If someone comes to us, then those jumps, their variety is going to be through the roof because we can do no wrong. Um, and that's, <laughs> that's one of those things. If you don't jump and again, I, I'm a six foot two, 250 pound uncoordinated white boy. <laughs> and my buddy Al's going to hear this because he's the one that tells me that right. almost weekly when he sees me working out. <laughs> but if, if I can figure out how to jump, anybody can. So in the beginning, everything's going to work. So the last thing we want to do is overcomplicate it. Sell a, a four ninety nine ebook about power jumping for explosive tactical athlete fighter champion. We just right. do some jumps. There's a tremendous <clears throat> amount of information out there on too much jumping, not enough jumping. Yuri Verkish, Dr. Verkashansky has it published in Super Training, and Mel Sif piggybacks it with the facts and fallacies of fitness. Um, so we listen to these gentlemen who are much much smarter than I. And we implement their their guidelines and parameters into training. Over the course of time, if we stay training together in the gym, then we know, like, okay, uh, like, just using real names, Abby, our 18-year-old amateur, she, she is still in the phase where all of her jumps mm-hmm. are yielding a positive result. So all we have to do is balance too much variety against not enough variety and monitor progress. Um, Eddie, he and I have worked mm-hmm. together for 11 years now. We know the jumps for him that get him very, very explosive, but they also tax him. So we use those outside of fight time. In fight time, we know the ones that translate to going against uh, grapplers, strikers, and all that stuff. So we pull the guidance from the the experts, Mark and Bob, and all his training partners up there. Get a pen and paper out, have a, a meal or something, whatever we need to do to get that information. And then we draw from our experience. But again, we're selfish in the sense that we don't have to deal with and if i was better as a strength coach we would deal with tens of thousands but i'm not so we're selfish in the fact that we only have to deal with a handful of people and i would rather give three or four fighters and and grapplers that are close personal friends if they see value in the work we do as strength coaches i would rather give those folks our best effort than branch out into uh, a world of athletes that could potentially be like one of my friends. <laughs> you know? um, maybe, maybe I what are some keys to having a successful kid, gym? But 
Shaolin Island, dude. Don't mess with us. <laughs> uh, don't open a gym. That would be the first one ever. <laughs> you're still going to be, you're going to be cleaning. Your friends are going to start to pride themselves on how hard they destroy the toilet and knowing you're going to have to clean it. So just, if you want to succeed, don't own a gym right. ever. But like, for us, I think the, the, and we're not a, our, my gym is not a million dollar a year operation by any means. We're, so damn fortunate so many great people have a, a vested interest not financial interest but some element of that gym adds value to s- several dozen people's lives so they want to keep it open up and running and we've mm. we've just been you know whatever you want to say we've been blessed over over a decade now the great people are helping us keep the gym going <clears throat> so like our gym like i said i started that in may of 09 and then became a full-time <laughs> police officer in October of 09. So being a rookie cop, that means you don't have any sort of life. Like your midnight's day, you're a great job and I'm grateful for it. And the friendships I made will last a lifetime, but um, that hindered any of our ability to go full bore in owning a gym, which again, there's no right or wrong. That's just the totality of what we've done at the time. It was the right call to take a full-time profession to assist my parents financially a bit. The gal I ended up marrying, you know, having good health insurance helped her get knee surgery. It got us a home like great. It was just a great chapter in the book. So for us, we we never really had the opportunity or if we did have the opportunity, we bypassed it to seek full time employment. But we over the years, it became very, very clear that um, either the particular flavor of strength conditioning we were putting out there isn't for enough people in this particular location to grow this into a super institution. I think it's that we're terrible at marketing, so we never really grew. But um, running the running the gym intact or alongside, excuse me, not intact, running the gym alongside, maintaining full-time uh, profession in law enforcement and part-time work at, at various contracts around the fitness industry, Westside Barbell, um, throughout that entire time from 2012 to 2015 when I left law enforcement, um, and even into today with the educational stuff, right. um, it pulls more and more time away. And then our gym just started to take on a flavor of being more of a small private club. And that's, that ended up being for me, like this is exactly the kind of facility that I want to run more so than going into a larger presence or becoming an all consumer of life of maintaining this gym. Then that wouldn't, that wouldn't allow me the autonomy to do the creative stuff that we're so fortunate to do. Or like I said, the my full time job at Arsenal Strength, I uh, I work a lot, mm-hmm. you know. So the the short answer on that is to make sure you identify <laughs> what kind of gym it is you want to run. So if you do want to run into some of these just giant, gorgeous bodybuilding institutions or more <laughs> traditional health clubs, I mean they're they're amazing. Like when I was twenty one, twenty two, and angry, <clears throat> and the whole world revolved around kettlebells and pull ups and stuff, like I I get it. It's you know young and young and dumb and whatnot. But now you look at some of these gyms, these are million dollar, multi-million dollar institutions that are successful. And it's amazing to see, like, it's super great. So if you want to go for that, like a hundred percent, go learn from someone who's done it right, if they'll teach you. But the main thing would be to know the facility you want to run and work towards that. For us, it became a, a private club with roughly 50 or 60 members. And we trained strength mm. and several, several sports outside of it. But for most of us, our, our average age on the gym is like 31. So we, we, you know, we've got moms, dads, a couple grandparents, 
Our buddy John's getting ready to t- retire at 66. <clears throat> so we've got career people with mortgages and families that want to stay in shape. What are the what are, are the sports to do a little bit more work than the average, you know, the average person. So it, it gives us our demographics. So that would be right. right. So we've got we've got we don't again we don't train the specifics or the technicalities of sports. We're strictly strength conditioning, and a majority of our members, anyone who's <laughs> been to our gym, there's been a lot of visitors over the years. Um, they're either completely confused as to how we train. Or like, oh, this is pretty great in the sense that we do. Everyone's job is to get self-sufficient as fast as possible. So we've got a lot of folks that do like the I don't know what the hell the name of the sport is, but the super endurance events and ruck races and whatnot. So these guys and gals will do, you know, thirty-six hour, twenty-four hour, twelve hour ruck races with obstacles and stuff mixed in, farming <laughs> courses, and we've got some we've got some tremendous athletes in that space. Just I'm ignorant to what the sport's actually called. And they're really good at it, but they've used the, the conjugate system and the West side methods. They've organized the same principles that we use for either our power lifters or our fighters. They've organized it in a way that suits their sport. So we've got amazing endurance runners and a lot of our gals and our morning gals. They're all, if I was going to give them a sport, I would say they're somewhere between cross country runners and half marathon distance, but I would weigh their physical abilities against a lot of, folks on this planet that are in that space <clears throat> and uh th- these gals are strong <laughs> they're they get, and they're strong for long too they they can just keep going you know and it's the perfect carryover to distance running which is the activity that they like to do and we have some some power lifters and a uh, bench, couple bench only guys Olympic um, lifters. our fighters and grapplers then we have i feel like there's another sport i'm missing <clears throat> it'll pop no, no, no real nice. Olympic lifters. We are our, our right. normal group. We have some cleans in the mix, but for the most part, we don't do any snatching with barbells. We snatch kettlebells right. and clean right. kettlebells a lot. Right. But um, Olympic lifting, you should talk to gentlemen like Donnie Shankle if you want to learn yeah. how to Olympic lift. Not right. not me. I, I can get you snatching and cleaning safely, but I can't get a human being ready for the platform because I've never done any work <laughs> in that space. And I, I like to think I'm of all the stuff I don't know. <clears throat> I know firsthand where I'm outclassed and I would rather direct yep. my buddy Matt yep. down in St. Louis, who is a competitive lifter, than again, just take on the Jack of all trades approach to this. Um, so we will, we'll mess with them in, in our, our daily, you know, our basic training in the gym. We'll run some cleans in lieu of some deadlifts for a while and stuff like that to keep training fun. <laughs> right. But again, myself included, a majority of us are parents with a mortgage and kids <laughs> and, we're not going to the Olympics anytime soon. Um, we can still do all your coaching. We're, we're, we're north of playing softball on Thursday nights in the park, so that's what really matters, you know. <laughs> mm. Um, I don't have any coaches in my gym, so our gym is oh. self-sufficient. Like I said, you're you're going to be on your own two feet within a couple of months, or you're just not going to work out with us anymore because you're not getting the attention that you need. Um, we do, we can't change it. What, what like the particular brand or flavor we've taken on has evolved into what it is, and for better or worse, that's how we operate in there. Um, as far as the coaches getting back to the conjugate tactical side of things, um, some of them use the system exclusively and don't deviate from what's laid out in the West Side methods and the conjugate system. Some of them, like our buddy Curtis, he works for a group out in Utah who has taken elements of what we've taught and applied it to their methodology. 
and has a great end product that's getting a lot of guys and gals strong and ready for their job. So I would, I don't know the real numbers on it, but for every one person that trains conjugate or West side methods right. exclusively, we probably have one or two that use elements of this to as sort of a force multiplier for their own training. And that's, that's great. I couldn't be happier either way. As long as we're adding value hmm. to people, um, that's all we really want to do. So we always try right, to do right. it. We're the, we're the water um, you know, I'd rather hand the water bottle to Michael Jordan coach. than try and dethrone him, you know. <laughs> um, I'm, I wish, I'm hoping you could tell me that. Me, is shut up and listen. <laughs> I'm still that's, trying. That's pretty much me. Like, I'm always shut up. That's I, why I just talk. Like, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's, I've on, I've had a notebook in hand forever. Like for me, I read, um, I like articles. I like right. podcasts, YouTube videos, all that stuff. There's a wealth of information <laughs> out there, but for me reading Louis Simmons told people to read books. And that was one of the first, I mean, everyone's got their own, Louis story but for me I will always be indebted to the man and I will be eternally grateful um, when I went to that seminar I told you about out in 09 uh, when they set the shop up and it was just Doris with a folding table and some, <laughs> some books on it back then um, I, I raced over like almost at a dead sprint because there was only like two or three books on the table and I was scared they were going to sell out so I bought the books I bought the books like <laughs> grabbed them and then I was like I don't even know how much this costs I'll figure it out like I've been a rookie cop for like two months and before that I was a broke ass gym owner. So I mean, rookie cop pay. I felt like I was living like Jay-Z. <laughs> um, but I say read books. So we got, we got the books and Louis, Louis was like, Hey, you're the only person that bought books. Keep reading. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I, I truly believe it for, if my words worth anything out there, right. um, the more you can read physical paper books, the better. I think it just, it creates an attachment that listening doesn't. So right. for me, read and then just keep an open ear. Like I'll, I'll listen to anybody out there and I'll hear a few, if that makes sense. But I, I can't, I, I just can't think enough people enough, man. Like we, we would not have our little lot in life had people seen something in myself or the others that are fortunate enough that I'm fortunate enough to work with. <laughs> so I, I think the humility part of it's huge, <laughs> but don't, don't get to the point where I'm at where you're almost morose versus humble. <laughs> it's like, it's okay to enjoy some of it sometimes, but um, what's it called? <clears throat> Read a lot, listen to everybody, and then figure out what it is you want to do. Like I, again, I'm I'm not running around in a Bentley or anything like that, but I know the work that I want to <clears throat> do. We've been fortunate over the years of the, the different groups that we've worked with or the companies that have given me a job and stuff like that. Um, that I haven't really had to do a whole lot of. <laughs> Like if I don't want to do a six week uh, boot camp for prom season or something like that, right. I, I've never really, and there's nothing wrong. I'm not, I'm not passing judgment. There's plenty of people right. running great training out there. Ultimately, if people are getting healthier and fitter, then who cares? Who cares? Who cares how you get from point A to point B? If you want to get from point A to point B with us, awesome. But if not, do something mm. great. That's, that's awesome. But we've just never really had to deviate too far <clears throat> from our current circumstance to stay afloat. And, and move forward so i think the, the other part of maintaining the humility and the right. the true pursuit of education in this stuff and it's not all just you know college credits and whatnot but anywhere you can learn is and continue right. to do that but also know what it is you're trying to accomplish like we like i said we've been so fortunate to work in several different spaces um that <clears throat> would be like i'd be almost foolish to try and go into so many more spaces 
because I'm doing exactly <laughs> what it is that I want to do. Um, now we just have to figure out how to do that better and for longer, you know, and then carry a notebook. Like you said, you're, you've started this just to specifically to learn more from people. <laughs> I still carry a pen and a notebook with me almost <clears throat> everywhere I go. And someone's always got something smart to say. Like it, it's, I've had more, more pivotal <laughs> aha moments driving back from getting coffee with my buddy, Mike, um, having Mexican food at lunch with Louie, <laughs> Um, being down in Tennessee and just listening to <laughs> Andrew and Jason and Brad and those guys talk, I'm just sitting there like, holy crap, like I then try and do throwing, you know. Uh, everyone box squats sometimes. So we box squat and we squat. Um, I try to get everyone that we work with to get them started. We teach them box squat. And then as they become more and more self-sufficient, they'll mm either follow our basic program on the board in the gym here or they'll they'll cut and paste off their own knowledge and need so everyone learns how to box squat at the gym most of our folks again we, our gym is not for everyone we we don't get a flush of members and well you're not even allowed to join the first week of january like we don't get resolutioners and stuff like that um so everyone learns to box squat if you don't already know how to do it but we don't force any lift if you don't want to do it because again we're dealing with in my gym that would be to revert back to your last question that would be a huge mm -hmm. difference between myself and and what goes on right. at 457 and that we have a lot of completely average and great people versus world's world's best which i'm i'm beyond happy with our scenario there's nothing that i don't want we're doing great but if you don't want to do a certain lift for risk or risk versus rewards not there for you we don't force it um but everyone does learn how to box squat in the gym if you what, want to keep uh, it forms of great. recovery if you do want you to have your and do your own thing or, or awesome. suggest them so to do. everyone box squats sometimes uh the only one we really suggest right. is hydrate and food because we don't want if you if you aren't taking in enough calories, you're just not going to recover. I'm not a nutritionist or anything like that, but if you're if you're mm -hmm. eating like a bird and trying to perform like a bear, the 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 numbers are not going to be there. Your body needs calories to put itself back together, and if you're not doing it, then you're just not going to be recovered. So, outside of recommending hydration and a high caloric intake, we recommend very light sled pulls and and the, the classics, you know, get get mm -hmm. the hypervolts or the Thera guns and, and hammer on the sore muscles. Put on the Normatec boots if you want to, or the massage boots, whatever they're called, the leg things. And then, you know, do that kind of stuff. Some of our folks like yoga. Oh, I know John. Yeah, and we work uh, as our private staff to go do these. But he does FRC with places. you guys. I bring a gentleman named John Quinn. I can't say I bring him. I'm no. gra I, I'm grateful that he comes with um, to teach his his. Yep, functional range conditioning, the pails and rails, cars and all that stuff. So that stuff is good to go if you have someone that can implement it for you. Another buddy Does John of ours do up ART? in Chicago, uh, Dominic Arrington, he's another really, really smart dude with that stuff. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, right, right so right. definitely, definitely value to doing it. John's in Ohio, so he's, he's doing his own thing out yeah. there. I'm just speaking as Jason from the gym here. If you have if you have a John Quint or a Dominic right. or some of these guys that can take care of you, definitely mm -hmm. that stuff is good. But to try, I'm not well versed in it. I don't know it. 
Um, so I can't put our folks through it here in the gym, but there's definitely value to it. John's helped me tremendously with my shoulders and uh, can't say enough good about um, it. But what blanket, blanket slash, recommendations uh, are enough food, enough water, and light sled pulls <clears throat> periodically throughout the week. <clears throat> definitely have the book of methods. Um, yeah, I just read, Science I read and Practice one, of yeah, Strength Training know. by Zatsiorski. The Science of Strength <clears throat> Training or the Science of Sports Training by Thomas Kurz. That's right. that thing's awesome. Uh, those three for sure. Um, as far as certifications go, it, it all depends on what you want to do with this stuff. Mm. Um, like I started with a basic <clears throat> personal training certificate from <laughs> AF or AAFA or whatever. Um, because they were hosting a, a weekend course at the health club that I needed to take a job at to get started in this. So that worked out well. Um, so did some of the CrossFit stuff for a while, learned a hell of a lot there. Um, I think it, right. if, if what you want to go down is the West side stuff or the conjugate stuff, I think the, the Cadillac one to hold is the special strengths exam. <clears throat> um, that's a, that's a great bottleneck to find out how much it is, you know, about this because, studying for it is going to force you to learn this stuff inside and out and then testing is almost a how much is the super training if you study and do this, like, oh, i'm trying to get through that book makes sense but if you rush don't. it and just take the question no, no. you're going to be like what the hell am i reading and then when you when oh super training is huge whether you do yeah, it for, it can yeah whether no. you do it for whether you do it for the certification or just for yourself like, 10 minutes on one day super training it can't be done in, in a day or even a month like it's paragraph to paragraph, page to page, because it is dry. But you, right? Yeah, if you read that and can follow the follow the clues, for lack of a better term, back to the other authors and stuff that are referenced, um, then it starts to tie together. So I think it's a crucial step to read it, <laughs> um, as far as the level of mm. understanding you need to have of that to pass the exam. That's okay. that's where you got to figure it out. <laughs> I tell you, I can tell you, you will do better on the exam. I, I took mine in 2012. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you that the more you understand super training, the better you'll do on the exam. <laughs> outside of that, because <laughs> I, I took the the <laughs> one that's just the personal that, training one. I, I, I my got fingers that were bleeding. I was but yeah, that's so the, the next one I was studying because I've already read science of sports <laughs> training and uh, a few of the uh, like the children's book mm -hmm. one and. Uh, Explosive power training, a few other ones, but that super training is killing me. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what? That's right. Yeah, dude. Yeah, keep. I'm telling you, keep that one right. Keep that one right by the John in the master bath. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to the um, authors. I'm a light. Uh, what are your future goals? You read that one. <clears throat> bowel movement to bowel movement. You'll you'll retain the knowledge. <laughs> stay exactly like we are now i've got i've got nothing else i want to do i have a tremendous job down in tennessee at arsenal strength i get to travel around and teach the conjugate system and conjugate tactical to some great dudes in the government and the military well that sounds good um get to run my gym hang out with my family and i, I just don't want any, i don't want anything else <laughs> i've got nowhere i've got nowhere else to go i don't i don't want i don't really there's nothing else I have right now, <laughs> or nothing else out there that I don't have right now, other than a couple of bucket list items that that's not for a that's not for a podcast. <laughs> um, 
what's it called? But yeah, I mean, that's it. It's just to maintain exactly like we're doing now. I'd sell more gym equipment for Arsenal. <laughs> Training um, more people so just tell everybody where they can Barbell find you on uh, social media and keep and my gym afloat. So I get to see that. my friends every couple of days. <clears throat> yeah. So the website is for the gym is appliedsc.com. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going on 12 years or 11 years of having that website and just routinely get ripped off by web designers every single time they try and do it. So if anyone needs to bill, if anyone needs to bill a sucker a couple of hundred bucks to revamp a website, I'll just keep paying you. So it, it's a landing page. You can shoot us an email on it, but it's not anything great. Um, conjugate, conjugatetactical.com is our other website that you can get a hold of us on. Uh, on social media, the gym has a Facebook page. We've been locked out of that for six or seven years now. So if you find it on there, we, we just can't get in to read the messages. So um, don't even use it. And then on Instagram, there's Applied SC for the gym and myself. And then there's the at sign at Westside Tactical is Conjugate Tactical for communication purposes. And that, that's about it. Otherwise, we're in the All right, man. That, that's it. No, I appreciate which, it. If you go to Chesterton and ask where that always, gym's at, always they'll, good having they'll a... point you down Broadway. Oh, yeah, at. yeah. No, no, no. It was a pleasure. Was, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not doing I'm like, hey, man, you're the director of the Tactical Cosmic Club. Nah, you, oh, no worries. Somebody. I can't thank you enough <laughs> for having me. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> it just, we're just, we just do one little, we do one little job in the thing. Like, we're, Talking about this yesterday with some buddies that were in town. Like, just like if you revert back to being a cop, which, despite what some people think, there are tremendous police officers out there. Um, but if you look at it, just having a working relationship with the county highway department, like, when this is where we were laughing at some of the some of the ego <laughs> my buddy Jim and I, who's again another guy who beat me up countless amount of times. But um, <laughs> bad dude, <laughs> don't, if you go, don't you go to. The Northwest, the Northern Indiana Law Enforcement Academy. Do not pick a fight with the director there; <laughs> he will beat you up. But um, we're talking, you know, County Highway. The maintenance guys, their job is to keep the roads free of roadkill and debris and pothole and all that stuff. The sheriff's department, they work on the same roads. Their job is to keep the roads safe and free of, you know, drunk driving and criminal activity and all that stuff. So, end goal is to keep the roads open and well. Everyone just has a different role in that end tat or that end goal. And ours, for better or worse, is just materialized to what it is now based off of just <laughs> never stopping working, you know. So that's why you're like, you got to be on. I'm like, dude, I, I don't really have anything intelligent to say, but I'll try. Yeah, I always <laughs> feel it's, I got um, no advice. You know, we can share some experience. Like we always said, a smart man knows he knows nothing. Exactly it's like, and that's how this stuff, you, know? you can be a great coach. You know, you just continue to learn. Don't be too full of yourself because there's always somebody that you can get knowledge from. You know, like you said, you always carrying a pen or paper wherever you're going because you can always learn more. <clears throat> oh, yeah. You sit in a room. If you're on one side of the podium at a seminar talking to a, a group of 30 highly intelligent <laughs> men and women, collectively – those 30 men and women are going to know so much more than one idiot in short shorts standing behind a podium that it's like, okay, like right. what the hell are you going right. to do that these guys don't already know? They might have, you know, you put a, a rocket scientist next to a brain surgeon, there's two brilliant people. I'm not saying I'm either, but right. there's two brilliant people, but you ask the world's greatest brain surgeon to shoot a rocket that lands on Mars. 
he or she's probably not going to be able to do it and you know vice versa so it, it, there's there's plenty of smart damn people even when we're doing the seminars that we're so fortunate to, to speak at like there's a pen and paper up there because every time we do this something new comes out of the the audience which i don't even consider audience it's just 31 coaches sitting in a room together i'm on the other side of the pardon me other side of the podium um that something comes back everything from you know what i thought was and like a great way to lay out information or a learning point was picked apart by two or three people. It's like, obviously this was a, a poor delivery of the intended message. So we've got to revamp it and make it better. Like, so just, just like you said, and so many other brilliant people say, it's like, you're right, never Coach, done. Well, uh, I'm definitely uh, getting contact with you again. I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't know what that's like. I have no one taking your certification. I'm thing. definitely uh, wanted to always learn more. And I, I know basically nothing about, training people for fighting and, uh, and armed services. So, <laughs> uh, but I don't want to limit myself, you know? So, um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on. <clears throat> You're more than welcome. Good anytime, man. We'd love to have you. Right. Well, that concludes this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. I had a really good time. Coach talking to coach Jason, one of the realest ones out there. So humble, even though he's such a great one. Um, and as you know, tune in to next week. I will be dropping another great episode. I will have another great uh, interview, Eon. You can go to my Instagram page to find out when that will be happening. Remember, it's Khalil underscore Sherrod on Instagram. K-A-L-I-L underscore S-H-E-R-R-O-D. Remember, stay clean. Peace.